All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, I appreciate you. I appreciate my audience out there for staying tuned, streaming in, and connecting with me. And if you want to keep seeing amazing people like who I have on today and amazing content, you got to do two things. You got to follow me on my two favorite platforms. The first one being on Instagram at CVMK33, where all my cool workout videos and everything else is posted, and on YouTube at CV, that's Cody Vernon Kelly, CV space K. I have an amazing person who's just authored her first book. Right, am I on it? She has really flushed out her her experience and is a really transparent uh, process. And and I'm excited to get into the the writings of this book. Uh, with that being said, Candy's Rose Bryant, aka Rosie, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me on. No problem. No problem. Well, look. So you've written a book. I've seen you on other shows. I should have been the first, but I'm, you know, I get it. Your homegirl is Carrie. I get it. <laughs> and you, you gone through this process. Before we get into it, I always ask any author why, right? Like, because, you know, I think there's the content piece of it. And I think that has his own uh, uh, innate doings and that creates his own narrative. But the why, the lead up to it, because I think that's a question that every author has to wrestle within themselves. Like, do I really want to go through this? Right. Like when you're going through or you're typing the page uh, words on the page or you're speaking into uh, some type of technology that is recording the words for you, whatever text to speech (laughs) mechanism that is being used. um, You know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think every author comes to a point um, that should I go through this? Do I really want to say this? What will people think of me if I say this? Uh, so I want to start there for you, Rosie. Why? Um, I had the time. Sure. And it was really about obedience. So um, the pandemic was really a segue to birthing something that God wanted me to do. Um, I didn't really want to be an author. Um, I fought <laughs> against this. I fought against prophecies. I fought against God. I fought Mm -hmm. against people saying you can do it. Um, I fought against all of that because I I can be vulnerable, but kind of with people that I know that I love, um, I'm an open book. Right. But when you allow others into your world that have no idea really who you are at your core, that's a different uh, kind of experience and journey. Mm-hmm. And it really just came down to God saying, this is what I want you to do. Sure. And me saying, okay, God, I'm a kick and scream, but I'm, I'm a do your will. Cause that's really what happened. <laughs> so in this kicking and screaming in this process, um, I'm sure there was a point uh, between whatever chapter that you were like, Ooh, Jesus, I just, I don't know. This might offend somebody or somebody's, right? Like, um, I'm having a hard time, uh, transparent moment. I'm having a hard time finishing my book because, first of all, it's a dedication toward women of color, but it's really a dedication toward black women, but it's not, um, <laughs> and what I mean by this graphic, is not like graphic, graphic, but it is quite telling. And it's more of a, 
uh, I would call it romantic piece uh, that is a lot of it's fabricated, some of it's not, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I always feel like there's many different avenues to explain inner thought and sometimes entertainment. And I would call it classical romance if I had to put it in a category, okay. right? But sometimes I want to release it, but I'm like, man, as an elder, what would my, you know, bishop think? You know, not, not, I, I didn't even subconsciously, you know, and the reality is I should and I shouldn't care. Right. So what was that? And it's not a disrespect or a pointing a finger toward anybody, but it's it's my work. Right. Mm-hmm. What what was that uh, for you? What was that internal discussion? So um, part of the internal discussion was I had to first figure out, well, God, why am I so special that you would want to choose me um, to be a part of someone's healing? Because sure. uh, it, it really is ultimately about healing, right? I um, I wrestled more with the questioning of God that, you know, why are you choosing me? Why is this my task? Why is, you know, why am I having to do this? Was the biggest uh, discussion of back and forth. But I will, to, the, to speak to you writing a book, let me encourage you, okay? Because... Yeah. I've experienced some some very uh, traumatizing things just throughout my life. Now that I'm on the other side, yeah, I've said this. I said this in Carrie's um, interview as well. People really don't matter as much as we give them credit for. Um, they're not depositing checks in our accounts. They're not pouring into us every day. Why have we given them so much power and who really are these people? Mm -hmm. You know, like these people, they exist, but do they really exist in our world is really the question. Because now, you know, I've made some tough decisions in my life and now I'm on the other side and I realize I'm still here. I made it. Yeah. The they's didn't stop me from accomplishing anything. I still got promotions. I still got degrees. I still care for my children. I'm still doing things in church, the community. They really don't carry as much weight as we give them. Because the truth is, whether you write the book or don't write the book, people are still going to have something to say about Cody. (laughs) But does that mean that what they say is who Cody is because most of these people that have something to say, they don't even know you. No, they don't. And so, I've had the same number since high school. They still don't know. <laughs> they, they, they don't know us. So right. we have to begin to navigate the world beyond people. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So you, you, um, you talked about, uh, well, first of all, how transparent is it? So I've, I've read, um, I always say when it comes to people of faith and sometimes they put out a literary work, transparent is very sermon like it's like very surface. And they'll talk about like, I was hurt, hurt, how hurt by whom, how were you hurt? None of those questions are ever answered. And there's no real depth. It's a very like you could take this on a Sunday morning and be fully inclusive because you never really created a true niche. Right. 
So how niche is this, right? Like how transparent are there, are there like exact moments? Uh, you know, what, what was that like? So um, the depth of the transparency, uh, it caused me to have a conversation with my mom to say okay. like, hey, mom, uh, I wrote this in this book. However, I don't want you to be offended because it's really about, it's not about your story. It's about my story. And I go uh, beyond the surface. Um, There was a lot of life that happened to me and I go there. Uh, I really express this self-reflective journey of how I've arrived where I am and I really do answer the question of how did I let this happen? <laughs> I do answer that question. Um, in regards to transparency, sure. that's normally what it takes for others to be delivered and healed and to know that they're not the only one. Yeah. A lot of times we do sugarcoat a lot of things that we experience. We don't want to say it because if I say it, then, oh, my God, again, the people, what are they going to think? But I really decided and made it up, made up my mind that that wasn't going to to stop me from sharing. Of course, there were parts of the book where I was like, okay, let me take a pause because I got to think about like, should I say this differently or do I just put it out there because it is my truth? So who can take my truth away from me? Nobody. It's my reality that I live in. So it actually is is very transparent. Um, those thoughts that people have that they may not say, um, decisions that people have made that they may not have wanted to based on other factors. But I go there because I made some very tough decisions in my hmm. life. I like that. I I go there because um, I think um, I think there's two sides to the coin. I think uh, we have a generation that lives for the shock value and the grittier, the, 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 the raw-ness of it is like somehow it's this higher virtue, but then there's no healing attached to it. There's no process attached to it. It's like, okay, this is who you are. This is your truth. Now what? Right. So it's like, you just left a blank page, right. And you didn't, you didn't continue the story. And then there is the uh, what I would call, we don't want to deal with the truth <laughs> side. Uh, you know, we don't want to, you know, I almost do a political, we don't want to study CRT because, you know, it exposes systemic racism, right? Like we don't want to deal with the truth of it. So let's talk about the truth. So you start off, um, superwoman, right? Superwoman. I've heard this phrase thrown with women, especially women in leadership and this idea of being strong, this idea of, uh, uh, of engaging in in a a patriarchy, a, a misogynistic society, and so I have to be strong. And then when you talk about specifically black women, I have to be stronger, right? Because now I got to fight this. I you know I don't want anybody to think that I'm angry, so I got to take on the brunt of everything and kind of just take it all in and take this abuse. So what does that mean now to you? What is being a strong as you wrote, black woman or superwoman, what does that mean now? So um, I really take my time to define what that has been for most black women lives 
mm-hmm. um, growing up, uh, what expectations was put on us, what responsibilities we had, um, how different it was for males, um, and then how also it affected life, relationships, um, there's a lot of ignoring that happens when you're strong. Sure. Um, there's a lot of not acknowledging things that happens when you're strong. Um, there's a lot of overwhelmingness that happens when you're strong. And a lot of times we as women don't know how to find the balance to navigate that. And I really talk about how superwoman like we're really not superheroes. We're human. So mm-hmm. I have to give the human side of you can't continue to be superwoman all by yourself. You got it. I'm fine. I can handle it because eventually the breaking comes. And I discuss how that breaking affects our lives in so many other avenues. Um, but I also talk about where if we allow ourselves to be weak, that's not weak, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, there really is strength in God that when we are weak and vulnerable, that he is he steps in. But a lot of times we're so strong that we don't allow him to come in and give us the strength that we actually need. We keep operating in this place of autopilot where we're doing everything. And the truth is we cannot do everything. It's too much. (laughs) So I kind of go there for us. Yeah. I like it. I'm interested. I I like it. Um, You, you covered something. I I thought maybe this was a a typo, but then I see, no, it's not. Um, You wrote uh, produce, what is it? Babies and no produce, right? Um, but then a couple phrases down, you write uh, the guilt. So yeah, produce, milk, and no baby. And then you write the guilt. And one might, like, that's usually you don't see one situation that you know, took another individual to create. And then all of a sudden now guilt is down the road. It's usually like, if it happens, there's a guilt before that, this, and then this, you took produce and no baby. And then you wrote guilt. What, what was going on there? Um, so I guess most people know that, um, there was twins that I gave birth to. Right. Yeah. And, um, they came very, very early on. When you have a, when you have babies and like, you know, you may not really know until you are a mom, like there are certain things, you know, prior to, you know, watching your nieces or nephews or, you know, something like your friends, kids, something like that. But it's very different. Um, when you become a mother, there's a lot of responsibility that comes when you are just a mother period, but then there's a difference when you are mother of now premature sick babies. That's a, that's a whole nother world. Right. Um, 
most people may not, they may know, they may not know that the production of milk (laughs) that, you know, everybody rants and raves about this, this gold breast milk, like it is, it is gold to the, to the health of the babies. Right. It's not as natural as people would, would think. Um, It doesn't just come. (laughs) There's a lot of work. Uh, that comes with that. And there's a lot of pressure that also comes with that. Now you have babies that kind of depend on it, right? Uh, For survival. And the pressure of, you know, not having them with you and you still have this pressure on you and this expectation, it's a whole nother level of, of motherhood hmm. um, that, you know, people who just, you know, have babies, give birth, they stay in the hospital a couple of days, they go home with the baby. That wasn't my story. And I'm learning more and more. I'm like the NICU whisperer. Like when people have premature babies, yeah. I'm always like, how can I help you? Can I give you some advice? Um, because I know the journey. Then you have a baby to pass away. Yeah. Whole nother, uh, Man, whole nother journey. Yeah. A lot of times um, people think, oh, you had more kids or, you know, people say all kind of things that yeah. may be true or not true. Right, right. But that doesn't go away. Yeah. Uh, when you when you lose a child, you you learn to cope, but you never get over it. I don't care how many kids you have. The one you lost, you never get over that. So um, the the guilt with that is, did I cause this? You mm-hmm. know, was what did I play a role in them coming early or what happened? All these what ifs play in your mind. Like, what if I had did this? What if I had did that? Maybe this would have been different. But you have to accept what God's will is. And that's tough. I believe that's it. I believe real it. Real tough. I believe it. Thank you for, for sharing that and, and being that vulnerable. I, I appreciate that. Uh, as you continue in the writing, and it, I'm starting to see a pattern, you go from you go from expected feeling to where you are, to place. It's like it's um, it. I think the best way to say it is like. Uh, if I'm feeling thirsty, you go to you go from cup of water to thirsty, like, and you're doing it on purpose, you know. Like everybody, you know, <laughs> has trends and habits and whatnot. So, you, as an author, you're doing this on purpose. So you wrote um, when you leave, but before you wrote when you leave, you put loneliness uh, as a precursor to when you leave, <laughs> um, and there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, what, what, what are those things that are beyond the page? What, what, what are you trying to tell women, right? Or, or anybody, I guess, um, uh, that I guess if they're in that process or going through that process and you're trying to share your, your, your story and they can find healing from it, from feeling like this, to actually entering into the reality of this, right? What what is that thing? Lonely. 
when did it first happen? When did you feel lonely? When does loneliness occur? I guess we'll start there. And then from loneliness, how do you get to when to leave? Okay. So um, loneliness is one of those things that it's, it's, it's internal, right? Because you can be in a crowded room and still feel lonely, right? You can be um, in relationships and still be lonely, So it's something internally that you have to decide, what is this? You may have to ask ask yourself the tough questions of like, what's what's happening? Um, And then you got to be okay with doing the searching. So you ask yourself the questions, but then you have to be able to do also the searching of it. And sometimes it may not come you know, just natural. Um, There's the aspect of going through counseling and, you know, you have kind of like this accountability that takes place. And there's a lot of aha moments. Like I am totally an advocate of of therapy because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you begin to say out of your mouth that you realize like, oh my God, that was one of those self-discovery moments where you said it, And now you realize, oh, wow, that was connected to this behavior, to this action. And and you're able to go there. But most people may stay right there at the surface versus going there and digging deeper to where does a lot of this stuff stem from. And we all have to really be honest. A lot of things that happen in children's lives affect them as adults. And when you don't deal with a lot of things that happened or you have those tough conversations for your own healing, you can always be in this state of loneliness or this state of abandonment or this state of, you know, I don't want to go on or whatever. It's 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 this level of dealing with it versus ignoring it and we know a lot of times people go out go throughout life and they don't deal with a lot of things that they should have and then you have children and then you know and then these things they pass on and it becomes a norm when they naturally shouldn't have been something that was ever designed to be normal Hmm. so the the loneliness didn't really play a major role in in me deciding to to really do anything that loneliness came after I left and now I'm by myself like so mommy doesn't um you know the kids I get a break you know now they they go with dad um now I have this time where I'm by myself and I'm not needed when I'm by myself so now the reality is I have to deal with myself. I have to face me. And Hmm. what does that actually mean when I have to face who I am in this moment at this time? Sure. Yeah. No, no, that's fair. That makes sense. So dealing with yourself, um, who, what was that like? What was it like to see the real, I won't say the real Rosie, but I will say the, the, 
the the fullness and the evolved Rosie, right? Like you, you I guess you came to a pivotal point and you got to really understand all of you, right? What was that like to see you for the first time? Um, so I did quite a bit of journaling. Um, it therapy played a, a major role. Um, and after like spending a lot of time uh, by myself, it allowed me to decide like, well, what do you like? You know, um, what do you want in life? Where are you trying to go? Like I began asking myself those questions because if we don't, we can look up and life is just happening and we're just waking up every day and life is just happening, but we're not playing a big role. Like your life, Mm -hmm. you should be playing a major role in it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when, depending on what state you're in, you will just allow life to happen for you and anything goes, you know, things are just happening. But for me, it it took me to, to take some quiet time uh, to rebuild my relationship with God because I felt like he wasn't near, you know, I was angry at him for a while <laughs> and it sounds crazy, but, That was my reality. Me and God was not in a good place. Um, So part of that healing and coming to who I am, I had to realize that I needed him and that I wasn't really angry at him. It was more like I just didn't understand. But, you know, growing up a lot of times we're told, you know, you don't question God, right? But I have children and I give them permission to ask the questions. You know, a lot of times when they say, well, why? When they ask a question, we just say, because I said so. Well, that breaks down communication when you did it right there. So Hmm. whether it's, hey, mommy, why can't I have candy? Well, you can't have candy all the time because you do know you have teeth. And because you have teeth, I don't want you to have cavities. And then, you know, the the things that happen when you have to go to the dentist. But the inquisitive brain doesn't, like my children asking me the why isn't derogatory. They're not being insubordinate because, or disrespectful, it's a better word, because Mm -hmm. they ask me why. But it also is a teachable moment for them to say, well, you can't eat candy all day. Because this is why these are the things that will happen if you continue to eat candy. And do you really want to be in pain? You know, when you have to get fillings and, you know, caps on your teeth and things like that. So it's really those moments that are taught and that we learn. And it should be kind of that open relationship with God as well, that we should be able when he speaks to ask follow up questions. And I've learned that a lot of times God can speak a word and we run with it. And that's not actually what he meant literally. Cause sometimes we take his word literally like, okay, you said move here. He didn't, (laughs) you didn't ask when, how, where, (laughs) any of these (laughs) follow-up questions. And 
it lands us sometimes where we're like, wait a minute, I heard from God. Yeah, but you didn't ask any questions. Well, God, okay, well, when do you want me to move? Right. How should I move? Right. You know, are you going, what, what are you going to equip me with when I move? What should right. I expect? We're not asking any of those questions because it's kind of been this thing where you don't question God. Whatever happens is his will, but life is happening for us. And I guess I turned to anger because I didn't understand versus asking those questions, which I had to then repent and ask on the back end. Like, okay, what should I have learned from this? And I know you took me to this place, but why? Okay. Now I, I get it. It's all tying together now. Yeah. But those questions, you know, weren't asked in the beginning. No, that makes sense. I think um, I think anger, healthy anger, mature anger, uh, not just this outward explosive uh, destructive rage, but is it is an appropriate response. It's an adult response uh, due to disappointment, um, due to frustration, uh, due to the lack of. Of, of whatever growth inconsistency or the lack of consistency. Um, and it is quite natural uh, to question the process and the one over the process. It was the Lord, right? Because if you love me, you should at least told me this was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like gave me some forewarning. I got a plan. You know, I, I didn't have to invest in this. It's been the money over here. You could have gave me a heads up. Could have made a better decision. And the reality is sometimes God silence <laughs> is frustrating. And I would like to believe that he is constantly tweeting, but he's not, you know, and it's hard to really get a true insight from God. Right. Um, and I think that's something that we all, I think every believer struggles with is absolutely. What do we do when there is no word, when there is no why, you know, when you've cried and you fasted and you prayed and you, you know, went to the thousand dollar line and whatever you do, you did it. And you're still at the same place. A very human feeling. Um, we talk about these human feelings. You wrote, what will the people say? And I think that's, that's a good caveat. That's a good pivot. Uh, what will the people say? What did the people say? What are the people saying? Um, you know, when this first dropped, I saw you put up the little the social media flyer, uh, and I'm like, countdown. I'm like, what's going on? I was like, is Rosie moving back to Chicago? Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking there was that we're a all of things that people had to say. Right. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, because I'm not thinking anything negative. So I'm like, oh, right. she about to, you know hit the lotto or, you know, it could be anything. I'm not like, you know, thinking, you know, whatever. But then when the book dropped, I was like, wow. And then I was like, huh, <laughs> what will people say? Right. Uh, so what, well, first of all, how are you dealing with that? Like, you know, because obviously, like you said, you had to have a conversation with your mother and you say, look, uh, missionary Wilson, I don't, it's not anything to offend you. This is just something I've been feeling. I wanted to just, you know, uh, tell my truth, not as an indictment, but just as a way to provide insight. Um, But that's one layer. We know mothers love unconditionally. (laughs) Everybody don't love like that. 
And if this book is as transparent as you say it is, what are people saying, bro? <laughs> like, what? Did you ever, you ever have a big of like, hey, heads up. I got you on page 36. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what was that? Um, well, I will say this. Um, I, there is, there isn't names or, you know, I'm not dropping, um, right. not like the best man. <laughs> right. right. Like, I'm not... the names of people. <laughs> yeah. I'm not dropping dimes. <laughs> However, I found a unique way sure. to share my story from my perspective, from my reality, yet it touches others' lives, but it really isn't about them. This is really about me sharing how I let things happen, how mm-hmm. I got to where I am and where I am now. Now, of course, I'm not doing life by myself, right? <laughs> so it it touches um, others but the focus, it really is this self-reflective journey of me and how I got there. So, yeah, I did have to have, you know, a conversation. I probably have another conversation with somebody else. But uh, <laughs> it it really isn't a, a, a dime dropping on exposing. The, the most person that is exposed is me. And, yeah. and that was the toughest yeah. thing to do. Um, especially with people who they know of you, but they really don't know you. And I like that. I think that's personally and professionally responsible because A, you can't get sued for libel. (laughs) B, uh, you know, it it only narrates a perspective without really bringing in uh, other personas or or acclaimed personas, right? Uh, So um, hats off, kudos to you. I probably would have wrote the book like Harper did and Best Man just changed the names and been like, yeah, so uh, this is what happened. And you have to guess for yourself. You know, I would have changed a few things, you know, <laughs> some variables so nobody could say. I'm like, look, obviously this is a fictional character. You're not 7-1, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would have I would have probably went around the back door. Uh, but that's that's why I don't need to be just writing to be writing because I get myself in trouble. So that, that's cool. What will you tell? My last question for you, and I appreciate your time. You talked about this accountability, uh, sharing your story, um, really discussing hard truths, feelings, conjured feelings, and a certain rawness that is uh, covered with grace at the end, right? If somebody comes up to you, you know, says, I'm going through whatever, um, as a mother, I've lost a child or, as you know, just there was something in this that spoke to me because I'm in this similar situation. I'm going through the same thing. What will you what what is your message to that person? What what do you want to leave with that individual? Um, I guess the best the best way to um, give, I guess, advice the biggest thing you get to do every day is rewrite your story. You get to be in a place today, but change your trajectory on tomorrow. And a lot of times, 
I mean, life is going to continue to happen for us, whether as long as we're here, life is going to happen. But it is so important how you navigate life. It, it matters what decisions you make. Um, a lot of times we think that decisions that we make only affect us. It doesn't. It affect others. Um, there's this, you know, ripple effect sometimes that takes place when you make a decision for you. Although you your intentions may not be bad. Right. But it does have this ripple effect where others who touch you, they're affected by it as well. So the best way is to plan. Um, there are certain things that you're going to have to cope with because life is happening, but it doesn't have to break you. Um, there is a other side. If you're down now, you know, life happens. You won't be there always. And there were times where, you know, when you're at a low point, you think this is going to be my life forever. Like you can't see it. Um, but then as time goes on, you're like, wow, I'm not in that place anymore. Hmm. Um, I, I've made it to a different place in life. And you just sometimes have to wait it out. Sometimes you may have to pray it out, um, talk it out. All those things may be necessary for your journey, but you have to be able to be strong enough in the strength of not just yourself, because a lot of this, you, you're not going to make it on your own. You're going to need people and you're going to need God, most importantly. So for you to get there, you got to first be motivated to get there. And then you got to know certain things you can't change, certain things you can, but leaning on something that's stronger than you, which is God, you, you could get there. And, you know, he's not punishing us um, for just being here. Like he really no. is the person that has our best interest at heart. A lot of times we may not see it, but the truth is we can't handle. If God dropped in our laps our whole lives, we couldn't, we couldn't stomach that. We couldn't like deal with like, oh my God, because we would be, we wouldn't be living life. We would be trying to change what he's already laid out. So yeah. that's a part of why the same reason we as parents, we don't tell our kids everything that we're going to do because then it becomes about every day you said you were going to do this and now I'm waiting on you to do it. And you've lost focus of most of your day because you're focused on the thing that I've shared with you. So I get it. I'm like, okay, God, you're connecting it. We can't handle all of these things. When my kids, I have a big surprise for them. I don't tell them until like a day or two before, like, okay, we're going to go to Dallas. We're going to go to the resort, the water park, because they will bug me every single day. And now the focus only becomes about what I've shared with them versus other things that are taking place in life. So I feel like God kind of does that with us as his children, that he can't give us our our whole plan at once. We can't handle it. No, I wish you'd give me the next week though. I, I really <laughs> let me know what, uh, but no, I appreciate it. Rose, where can they get the book? This, you, you've written this thing. 
it's a it, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to get a hand on myself and get a copy for myself. And I pray that it's autographed because anytime I bring anybody on the show, uh, I, I should get a special copy. Where can they get the book? So right now, um, so let me just thank everybody again because pre-sales, the pre-release was amazing. Um, I'm still kind of shocked, like, oh my god, I've sold that many books just pre-release, right? Well, they can purchase the books on uh, www.candiesrose.com. The website is there for um, you to purchase. Also, uh, there will be a book launch, um, Chicago and Houston. So, you know, I got two bases that are loaded. So um, I'll be dropping uh, a flyer, a video, all the things to, to promote it. Um, real soon, but there'll be a Chicago book launch. There'll also be a Houston book launch. And of course, books will be there. Of course, um, soon, you know, the Amazons and everywhere else you'll be able to to purchase. But for right now, it's on the website. That's on to my Amazon. If you had an audible version of it right now, I, that's how I get through my reading. I got to listen to everything. Look, if y'all want to keep seeing amazing content, you got to do two things. Connect with CandiesRose.com. That's where the book is being sold. It's going to roll out into the Amazon platform and to these other avenues. And if she's in Chicago, Houston, or anywhere near, come see her. Come get an autograph. Meet this amazing author. And if you want to keep seeing amazing influencers, authors, and leaders like herself, you got to do two things. And we say that at the beginning. Connect with me at CVMK33. And on YouTube, when my thing pops up, I don't know what's going on. At TV Space K, where all amazing content is heard. I appreciate my guests. I appreciate my listeners. And until next time, guys, thanks.